So Harvest on Mission, we are continuing with Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. And remember that we're walking through a series based on our vision statement, which is we want to see all people walking together with God, bearing fruit for his kingdom. So continuing in this first part to ask the question, how do we walk together with God? How do we do that? And in this case, I think it's a very simple thing. We fight for one another. We fight for one another. And Ephesians 6 gives us kind of a three-part outline that for that, for how. How do I fight for my other brothers and sisters in the church family? How do I do that? First point. First of all, we need to identify the real enemy. You know, one of the challenges that I've read about in modern warfare where you have like what we did and unfortunately experienced in Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan is this door-to-door insurgent style enemy where the enemy isn't always clearly identified. It's not like the old days where the, the armies would line themselves up with colorful uniforms and you knew exactly who the enemy was. Part of the difficulty that our military has to deal with is Are they aiming at a civilian or are they aiming at an enemy? And they have to identify and understand who the enemy is in order to effectively engage in that. I think that's also true in the war that we're in. And then also keep this in mind. It is a battle of kingdoms. Look at all that we learned going through the Gospel of Mark about how Jesus is a, a foreign king of another kingdom. He's invading this kingdom, who, which has another king and other powerful forces controlling it. And he invites us to join him and to be a part of his kingdom. It's a, it's a peaceful invasion of Jesus with an open invitation to anybody to join and become a part of his kingdom. But we got to realize and understand who is the real enemy. And we see that in Ephesians. Sorry, verse 11, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And then here's a key phrase, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And that's another way of saying the people that you struggle against, the people that might be attacking you, that's real, not trying to minimize that, but that's not the real ultimate enemy. There is a force and a power that is behind them. He says, we wrestle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the darkness of the world, against the spiritual forces of evil that are in the heavenly places. In other words, the spiritual world, the the world that we can't perceive with our physical material senses, but it is there. And that is what the battle is actually over. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. I have got to rightly identify who the real enemy is. Too often, I think we're wrestling and struggling with people thinking that they are our opponents, that they are our enemies. But I think there's a lot of harm that comes from that when we misidentify and realize that there is actually a real enemy behind that force that we're really dealing with. Secondly, how do we fight for one another? We have to fully armor up 
in God's power. Look at what it says. Uh, start at verse 10. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. God has all power. He isn't just the most powerful being. He is power. And he, here Paul is telling them, this is a command. I want you to be strong in the Lord, in the, in, in the might and the strength of God. In other words, not in your own strength, not in your own abilities, not in the power that you possess, but in the power of God. So how do we do that? He, he says it, verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. In other words, you need power in order to stand against the schemes of the devil. You need that power. Where does that power come from? The whole armor of God. I need to take up. I need to armor up. Going on. He says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And by the way, while I'm thinking about this, um, I've heard some pastors that will try to make a connection between, hey, a belt does this in the armor, and that's why it's linked with truth, and a breastplate protects this part of the chest, and that's why it's righteousness. And and there might be some legitimacy to, there, to that. And I, I just kind of think, though, in my opinion, that Paul is just, he is describing a well-equipped soldier. In other words, if you're going to go into a battlefield, you don't want to be wearing just your bathing suit, right? I I want to, especially if it's hand-to-hand combat with swords and spears, uh, shields and arrows, I want to be well-equipped, not only defensively with stuff over me, but I want a nice big sword and a shield so that I can take it to the enemy. And I'm not just out there kind of, you know, maneuvering just in my uh, bikini or whatever, my, uh, you know, Speedo. Just sorry to put that imagery in your mind. Um, but the uh, I think that, that what he's describing is, is hey, guys, there's a fight and to get into that fight, a brutal battle, you need to be well-equipped. And the equipment oftentimes is the source of power, especially in a battlefield. The, the more powerful your guns are, the more accurate your, your missiles and your jets and your satellites and all the things of modern warfare, that equals power in a battlefield. So how do we get power in the spiritual fight? Well, we armor up in the armor of God. He's given us some things, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, and as shoes for your feet, having put on, put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. These are all things that are of God. Every single one of those, those six items that are that are highlighted, and maybe in your group, you can maybe talk through how each of those six things help us in our day-to-day wrestle, in the day-to-day fight. How are those things helpful to have power in that fight? Good question to walk through. But note that they're all from God. Every single one of those guys is from God or the object of the faith Maybe that's the only one that's from us, but really, but the object isn't the faith in ourselves. The object is faith in God. Um, so how do we do that? How do we put on? How do we take up the whole armor of God? Another good question to wrestle with as a group. What does that look like? Let me just run through a handful of verses for uh, a verse for each of these 
six things that he gives us. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is our truth. For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Through the work of Jesus on the cross, I don't become righteous by what I do. That's something that God gave me. I am righteous because of Jesus. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, there's no longer a battle or a fight with God. We have peace with him. We are reconciled. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. God has given us salvation. And we get that through faith. And then continuing on. Uh, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness. Here's that same idea. I didn't do things to get salvation. But according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He has saved me. That's, a, that, that's something that he has given to me. And then finally, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There are so many verses that we could go through to, to look at this idea. But think about how do I get strong in the Lord? How do I stand firm in his might and not mine? I put on the full armor of God, the whole armor. I don't leave parts of it off. I don't decide that, well, I'm going to not accept the righteousness he gives me. I'm just going to be righteous on myself. I don't need his salvation. I don't need to have faith in him. I've got my money. I've got my stuff. I've got my ability. I don't need his truth. I'm going to follow the truth that I want to follow. Those are all ways that we push away the armor that God's given us. So how do we fight for one another? We need to recognize who the real enemy is. We need to Get the power that he's given us by putting on the full, whole armor of God. And then how do we fight for one another? Finally, it is we pray. That is the position of the warrior for God. We don't uh, get dents in our armor. We don't, that needs to be repaired. We don't need to sharpen our sword. Um, we don't need new shoes to, that gets worn out. What should be happening to us as Christians is the knees in our, sh in our pants should be wear wearing out through prayer and seeking the Lord. It is a spiritual battle, therefore it requires a spiritual fight. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and all supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I walk together with God, with you all, with God, by fighting for you in prayer, by fighting for my brothers and sisters in Christ in the battlefield against the enemy that's going against us. And I believe that this battle is a battle over people. It is a battle for people that don't know God. And, and Satan doesn't want them to hear or, or know about the gospel. And it's a battle over Christians who Satan just wants to keep them irrelevant and out of the fight. He wants to uh, uh, push them out of relevance by following other things other than Jesus. 
And this is how we wage that battle. We go against Satan on behalf of non-believers and on behalf of fellow Christians by appealing to him in prayer. Verse 19, and also for me, Paul's asking that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. There he is asking for prayer as he engages with people that have not heard the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And the other thing that's just so incredible about this is that he's an ambassador in chains. The Apostle Paul is actually writing this letter in a prison. And what's, what that tells me is that there is nothing in this world that can stop you or prevent you from being effective in the fight. Uh, Paul is not at all held back by these chains by, to be effective for God and effective for Jesus. He is an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So our final idea here is that we fight for one another by praying for one another. Um, and I, I hope that that becomes just a regular thing for you guys, appealing to the Father on behalf of one another in the fight that's being waged. And I think it's really easy for us to get distracted from all the things of this world and maybe people that are coming at us. And, and, and there are real struggles that we have with individuals. That is a real and true thing, but that's not the ultimate fight. That's not the real enemy in this case. The real enemy is fighting over those souls, those people that are attacking us. And it does, to me, also, I think, put to um, give an interesting perspective. If you think about uh, the forces of darkness fighting over people against God, who's, who's advocating and seeking after them to save them, um, it is, I think, puts an interesting spin on the ideas we see in Scripture about turning the other cheek, about praying for your enemy and loving your enemy, um, speaking in, in, with kind words and being gracious and, and everything, um, not uh, being contentious or, you know, all those kinds of things. And, 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 and that, that's obviously hardest when people are coming at us in different ways. To, to, to turn back and respond in love. But if the battle is actually over that person, not against that person, then I think you begin to understand why God's so uh, keen on us loving people, especially people that are wrong to us and are against us, because it, it gives that person a picture of how God loves them. And it also, because you know from their perspective, they're at odds with us, from it, it makes it easier for them because they're receiving love from us. It makes it easier for them to turn to God and to turn away from the thing and the path that they're following at that time. So anyway, there's a lot of really cool things we could talk about here, but, but main thing that I want you guys to take away here is that we walk together with God by fighting for one another and we fight for one another through prayer. 